Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. Hi, everybody. Again, it's Marisa. Welcome to another Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I am coming to you today from Tucson, actually, within my last um, travels and podcast we were talking about with my next guest, and I'm going to introduce her to you guys, that summertime is actually an educator's busiest time. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to connect with um, my colleague, Deb Guerrero, and I'll let her introduce herself, but we wanted to take this time on the podcast to talk about kind of teacher wellness, teacher transition time during the summertime to give you maybe um, the outsider kind of a glimpse of uh, what goes on during our summer months where we're not just, you know, we're not just messing around and lounging. There's actual stuff going on that educators are doing uh, in between, uh, obviously, that family time, uh, travel time for them. But we're we're prepping, doing a lot of prep work. So without further ado, can you t- introduce yourself, Deb, and tell us um, what you do and uh, what area of the state you're coming from? Okay. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Deb Guerrero. I am an ELL kindergarten teacher way down here in beautiful Yuma, Arizona. And... Um, I'm sorry, I forgot what the other part is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Talk to, talk to us about your typical classroom. Um, you're an EL teacher. I know I want to have folks kind of, for those folks that don't know what that looks like maybe, um, okay. how many students did you have this past year? Uh, last year I had 30. Um, I had two that were uh, English speakers. The rest of them were uh, first language was something other than English. I had uh, six uh, special needs kids. Two were diagnosed, uh, four not. Uh, we had uh, we had large class sizes last year. Mm-hmm. We lost a teacher at the beginning of the year and weren't able to replace her. So our kids finished out really strong, really excited with how they um, they ended up. They did a is our uh, language test. Our kiddos have to take and pass. Um, I and our test this year. So uh, while mine didn't actually pass language, they scored really, really high in language and speaking and oral communication, which was my main focus this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. They did really well in that arena. So next year, once going into first grade, they have a really good uh, foundation for communicating needs and and reading and an understanding of grammar and such that um, our native speakers don't have. So I'm kind of excited to see how they do next year when they're uh, learning all the, we call it the four because whys of reading, the por qué, por qué, the four because why am I doing this um, of English. So it's going to be really fun to watch how these kids uh, develop and grow and progress. Well, and let me mention that for our audience, you are bilingual. Um, and I can, am. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Uh, when I was seven years old, my parents moved from, actually, they went from Oregon to Texas. My dad went to a preacher training school, if you will, uh, spent two years in Texas, and then decided that there was this huge need in Central America, 
And he and another young couple went with us. I was six and a half years old when we left. So I started uh, half of my second grade year in El Salvador. And uh, we were there for four years, almost five years. And then we moved to uh, Honduras, which I was there another five years. I was 17 when we came back and um, just been teaching for a long time, babysitting and everything um, while I was over there. And I just never stopped. I just, I like kids. I like how kids learn. I think it's, it's just fun. It's a trying career, but I love every second of it. How long have you been a teacher? I am 55 and I've been teaching since I was 15. I started teaching at a preschool uh, half a day. I went to high school in the morning and then I taught at a preschool in the afternoon while I put myself through college and uh, you know, got married, had kids and kept volunteering at my kids' school. I just, I've always been in the educational something or other since I was 15 years old. That's amazing. That's amazing. And yeah. I, know, I know you have a huge connection with your past students, current and past students. I do. I, uh, real cute story, if I may. Um, yeah. Two weeks ago, we had a graduation. And uh, one of my gals that when I was teaching fifth grade, because I've taught preschool all the way through college and adult GED, she asked me if I would be at her, at her high school graduation. And I was just, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it. But wow. I told her I would be there. And um, I was there and it was just, it was the neatest experience because as I'm sitting there, I'm listening to these kiddos names and probably 13 of the children that graduated in this humongous class at our local high school were kids I had in fifth grade. And uh, they've all come back to see this old crazy, I guess, kinder back then fifth grade teacher. And it's just really fun to see the adults that they're becoming and they still remember us, you know, that short period of time in our and their lives and in ours that we get to see them and they keep coming back and it just that's why we keep doing what we do I think yeah and I think it's worth mentioning because mm -hmm. it's that impact that foundation that you're laying right. down and how powerful that was for her to come back and mm -hmm. reach out to you and and stay connected for you to go, go and see yeah. the, you know, the graduation that's awesome I had a I had her little brother in kindergarten and um, I taught in a dual immersion school up in Washington for a year. So I taught a second grade class of um, half of them were native English speakers and the other half were I had Russian and uh, I had a Chinese gal, a Saudi gal and a couple of you know, Spanish speaking kids. And uh, this little girl, well, she's not little, she's a young lady, but her <laughs> mother died. Her mother died of cancer. The yeah a week after I started school and it, it hit me hard because I had her her brother was a miracle child and I had him in my kindergarten class and I still get to watch he's a fourth grader now but um it's just wow. really neat I just kind of felt like and her mom made me promise that I would just keep an eye on them and I'm like as long as I'm at this school count on it and I just feel Aww. like you know it was it was just a really neat neat time I'm I'm glad I got to share it with her and her family that's so powerful because yeah. that's, that's those are the kind of um, connections that building mm -hmm. that classroom community we want to be able to do with kids in our mm -hmm. classrooms. Now, let me transition to okay. your, what's coming up for you um, personally and professionally, just so that we can give our listeners an idea of you know what your summer kind of looks like, mm -hmm. a little window of that. So I know we had been talking about, before we started um, the podcast, 
your travel time. And I think it's kind of exciting that you're actually going to, uh-huh. I don't want to give too much away, but you're connecting with the fellow teacher in your travels. I am. And uh, the the class that I mentioned, teaching in Washington, the dual immersion class, yeah. I'm, I am meeting two of those students and their parents, one of them for lunch and one of them for dinner. After all this time, I correspond with two wow. of those girls that were in my class. So I'm super excited. I'm taking a trip up to the Northwest and I'm going to go, I'm uh, meet with them and connect with them and see my old principal. And then um, one of our teachers is actually moving here from Washington and I talked her into coming. So, um, <laughs> so like we were talking about, she's either going to really love me or just not be happy with me. But I think she's going to love it because she's just real sweet. And we've t- Skyped and talked and she's about an hour away from um, my daughter and son-in-law who live okay. up in Washington. And we're going to try to connect and meet face to face as opposed to um, Skype mm. because we're, I'm still working. I'm, I'm taking, um, I'm taking advantage of my parents are actually here mm-hmm. for me to be able to take some time off. Uh, but, um, I'm still taking my laptop and whatnot because I'm still curriculum planning. I'm still, um, uh, putting together assessments for my pre-kinders. I have a list. I know 12 of our 40 registered kinders that actually mm-hmm. went to preschool. So I'm, discerning their data. I'm, I'm grouping them based on their tests. I'm wait, sorry. wait, you said 40 students yeah. and, only 12, and only and 12, 12 of those, you know, had to preschool. Right. So our listeners, that's huge. And we want to, and then there's miracles has to happen in kindergarten. Oh my goodness. Right. It yeah. does. That's hard. here in here in our city. Uh, I'm uh, been involved with First Things First yeah. for a while, which is a uh, birth to five years old program. Amazing program. Yeah. Um, and the data that that we have is only 51 percent of our kiddos go to preschool. And while that's a large number, just the 12. Quality, though, that's quality. Yeah. yeah. 12 of my 40 kids have been in preschool. So. Uh, I've got, I'm, I'm planning how I'm going to help these kiddos, uh, you know, what you do when you walk into this huge building we've never been in before and what you do when, you know, my mommy's not here anymore and, and where do I go to the bathroom and and where do I sit and where's my stuff going to go? I mean, those basic, uh, social things that a lot of these kiddos, you know, could really use, but, but have not had the privilege of being in a preschool before. Yeah, they haven't so, been those. Right, right. Because you have a jumpstart program that, that you start also, We right? do, we do. Um, I, um, I technically have to be to work in July uh, to get ready for jumpstart. Jumpstart is a three-day in the morning. We bring all the kiddos. We try to reach as many as we can uh, that come to the school without anybody there, just the, just the kindergartners. And so we let them walk through the halls. We let them get comfortable Uh with the hallway. We show them where they're going to eat lunch. We show them where they're going to play, uh, where they're going to get to go to science class and library and PE and the office (laughs) and the nurse. And, um, we get all those key people that they're going to see in their school career there at the same time. So we do a lot of pre-hearing screenings, 
we do eye checks, we do um, help our families. Okay, here's some extra uh, resources. Mm -hmm. Here's because our school wears uniforms, and here's where you can get uniforms. And and we show them if they if they don't because we have uh, we're a hundred percent free and reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. So our school's high poverty, and so we want to get as many resources out to those as possible. And that just doesn't come by. Oh, yay! I'm on summer break. Ta da! Here we go. No, Um, even on my vacation that I'm taking because you need like it. my mental health week. Exactly. Uh, I, yes, I am still planning and uh, collaborating with my team members so that once we get together officially at back at school in six weeks, um, we uh, we're ready to go. Yeah. That's huge. That's a huge, yeah. to get prepared for uh-huh. um, any, any, um, specific. So after you do your jump start, because mm-hmm. you ha- cause I know you had to get your classroom all kind of picked up for, for <laughs> right, right. I mean, a lot of people think, <laughs> Oh yeah, you're just there. You don't have to do anything. No, it's basically you move into your classroom, but you move everything pretty much out and then you have to move it back in. So it takes three weeks just okay. to get your things situated in my classroom. Um, um, there have been some, there's some things that I did in my classroom this year specifically for my students, like, you know, my art center, my writing center, and my uh, discovery center, my observational uh, center. Mm-hmm. All those things have to get put back where you had them, but put back where the kids can ex- access them and get to them. And, and that just doesn't happen overnight. And it, wow. it, does, it takes about two to three weeks Absolutely. To put it all back and figure out where you want to put it and how you want to put it so that when the children walk in my door, it's done. I mean, there's no going back. However it is, is however it's going to be for 10 months. I so, mean, um, I want to mention that especially um, you that have gone through the kindergarten experience program the, mm-hmm. uh, trainings, you we are very meticulous about how we set up our environments mm-hmm. and everything that mm-hmm. is in our environment is strategic. It's right. not just put there um, f- with no intention. It is very strategic. So I know we often mention, I've mentioned in the past uh, podcast, how for me this summer um, is classroom flip season. So we're going into mm-hmm. uh, kindergarten classrooms and flipping them. And I know the teachers are going to, continue to be in those rooms for another week or so at least um, mm-hmm. finishing up the flip what we do we come right. in and we do foundational stuff but there's so many little um, details there's so many little details mm-hmm. because you got to put yourself in that in the eye of the child and see okay what's going to be the the easiest way for this child accessibility also comes into play right. All of those things, labeling. I mean, it has to be very strategic. How am I? How am I meeting my curriculum? What's this going to look like for my uh, administrator mm-hmm. or parent that walks in that does not understand the the philosophy of why the classroom is set up a certain way? So mm-hmm. I, I always want to mention that while summertime is kind of a different version of some downtime, it's actually mm-hmm. a, a huge prep time for for many teachers. It is because you have to be so specific and intentional. A lot of our administrators, you know, kindergarten has become so uh, my philosophy is and continues to be kindergartners should be blowing bubbles, not filling in bubbles. Oh, and so, 
Yeah. And so uh, daily, you kind of have to work alongside uh, people, not, you know, colleagues, even our custodians and, and, and other people that believe that, you know, kindergartners need to do this, 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 and be really rigid and very, you know, over planned. And, and it's not, they're not ready for that. I mean, if you think about how many kids have not been to preschool, you can't expect a little five-year-old to come in who's never been with any other children other than his siblings and walk into a classroom and um, you can't expect them just assimilate instantly because they don't. They've got to first learn how to trust you. And it's going to be okay that my mom is leaving me with this stranger and I've never met her before. And um, this little boy or little girl over here who's doing this and that, I'm not comfortable with that. But they need to be feel like they're safe. They need to feel like it's going to be okay to be left with this teacher. It's going to be okay to be left here for how long are you leaving me? And you want me to learn? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that, that, that prep time, I mean, our summers, people think, I just talked to a guy at the bank yesterday and he was just telling me, Oh, well, you guys, that's the easiest job ever. It's like, no, sir, it's not. I do more work in the summer than I do probably during the year, because what, what I get done over the summer, as far as, like you said, with, with going to the kindergarten experience, with, with planning, with intentionality and, and things for those people, like I was mentioning, who come in. So they say, well, why do you have blocks over here? Just random thought. Well, I have blocks because that creates, you know, gets them, that's three-dimensional shapes. That's, you know, that's things math. in the environment. That's it's math. That's 21st it's century math. skills. It's engineering. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's art. It's so writing. You know, I mean, it's it's drawing. Why did you draw it this size as opposed to that size? What are you thinking when you did this? I mean, there's so many things just in a block that to the, to the I guess, the regular eye, you wouldn't think about it. And so that's, that's always yeah. thinking and looking ahead. You know, how is the child going to benefit from this? How's that going to help their academic journey? So there's a lot of prep time. A lot. Now, I want to, with that, two things before I let you go. The first one is any advice for that new, you know, newer teacher that's um, um, also using the summertime, maybe they're, they're not quite sure where to start, where to start from any advice mm-hmm. for that new teacher in their, and that transition, um, for the new year. And the second one is, um, for parents, any tips, general tips for summertime for their, for their new kindergartner. Okay. Uh, for a new teacher coming in, <clears throat> the first thing I, t- well, if the, the ladies that I'm talking to, my new teacher that's coming, I told her, take a deep breath. We're going to do it together. Oh. And to not stress so much on the uh, the pieces that need to be in place to be successful. The first thing that you need to do is you need to take care of yourself and take care of your health. Because kindergarten is, is not for the faint of heart. It really <laughs> is not. Kindergartners are, they're amazing little people but they're amazingly trying little people and it's not their fault. They're just (laughs) trying to adjust to their new surroundings. So take care of yourself first, get plenty of rest. Uh, You know, I eat healthy, Uh, do what you can to take care of yourself first and definitely rest. Don't spend, you know, we have a lot of work to do over the summer, but do take time for yourself because when school starts, it's going to be a whirlwind and you're going to wish 
you're going to look back and say, gee, I wished I'd gone to see so-and-so. Yeah. yeah. Go see so-and-so yeah. if you can. Yeah. And then um, secondly, you know, go ahead and research and do all that kind of stuff, but don't stress too much about um, over planning as a new teacher, because that's what you have us for. That's what your team is for. Rely mm-hmm. on your team, talk to your team, um, you know, write down your questions. Um, as far as parents, don't expect your child to come into class knowing everything because if they knew everything, you'd be putting them in first grade. And <laughs> the main thing is, can your child, can your child, um, tell you his or her needs? Can they, can they say, I need to go to the bathroom or can they say, Hey, I'm, my tummy hurts because I'm hungry. Things like that. Because it's like our kids, like I mentioned, I have uh, that first week, Hey, is, my tummy hurts. Well, did you eat breakfast today? Well, no. All right, let's get you some breakfast. So can your child voice those specific needs? If they can say their alphabet, that's great. We're going to mix it up for them anyway. <laughs> we don't <laughs> alphabet sequential. And that's okay. Can they write their name? Fantastic. But they're going to learn all those things. I think parents, um, parents put a lot of expectation on their kids because I think a lot of time our parents their child is an extension of themselves and we don't think anything less of parents that have put their kids in preschool or have not put their kids in preschool. The thing you all have in common is your parents. You want the best thing for your child and we're here to help that happen. So, um, yeah, don't, don't, don't force them. Don't push them. They'll be fine. However they come through those little doors with us, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. That is great. That's awesome. It's so reassuring. So reassuring. Mm-hmm. So with that, I will let you go. Thank you so much again. Thank you. On, and hopefully let's touch base again and get you back on. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Marissa. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.